Okay, and it's recording. And um, the call is being recorded. Okay. Wait, let's, let's start over here. We may be able to, because, so, you want to you record an intro that maybe, like, for we can put at the beginning of each podcast. Yes. And I was thinking in my head, we just need one introductory kind of podcast that talks about that's just like like first podcast or basically like the background podcast. Um, because mm. I like the idea of literally it just being our recorded phone calls. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea of us talking about why we want to record our phone calls or cause I actually think most people want to record their phone calls in a way because not most, a lot of people think that they have that one friend that's interesting enough. They have these great conversations that like everyone else would want to hear it. Um, yeah. Or would could could get something from it. Maybe not want to hear, but get something from it. Um, okay. But I do think it's important to talk about our friendship. When we were talking about our how we became friends in college, seventeen years ago at the University of Illinois. Yeah. Um, and I actually like this do over because I think that story was getting a little too detailed. I think okay. it was a little maybe not interesting. I don't know. What do you think? I thought it was kind of interesting because I think what was what I was about to say was like. I remember it slightly different, but not oh. like, not meaningfully enough though. Like, cause I don't remember, and we've talked about this before, but I don't ever remember anyone uh, like talking, like I met, I found Lloyd, my cat, and I, and I took him in. And I don't remember anyone else ever like feeding the cat or seeing the cat or anything like that. Anyways, but that's the only thing. Well, okay, so, well, the thing I'm thinking, I'm looking at my podcast right now, it's like some of them have, like introductions like some of them have like a little thing they play at the beginning of each podcast um and then they go right into it um and then some of them like i'm looking at the podcast like the comp the sneaker podcast like it's it's self-evident but because it's called the complex sneaker podcast so it, they don't really need to explain it. and they just come in they're like hey everyone i'm so-and-so this is my co-host so-and-so and today we're talking about so-and-so like it's that simple, but you know we can do whatever we want. We do, we could just literally just start talking. Like it's in the description. Like it is what it is. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking here. Here's there are a couple of reasons why I like the idea that we don't like to use the word overly use the word curated. I used that word a lot last podcast, but um, yeah. um, I don't want it to be too curated because I do think like it's. Like we literally were just saying after our long rambling phone calls, we were like, yeah, that would be a cool podcast. We should just record it. And okay. I, I almost think like, it's funny. It's kind of funny to just record it, to not make it a thing, to literally just record it and put our phone calls up. And if people want to listen to it, they can. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. I also like the idea of just doing it that way because I don't ever, you are absolutely one of my oldest and best friends and talking to you is very valuable to me. And I don't want call, calls with you to become a task. Yes. And, 100%. I was, I was thinking about that too. I was thinking about that too. Yeah. Um, so I think to the extent that we could just keep our, our like conversations like supernatural and just like talk and then put it up and then we'll see what happens. You know, like if more people want to listen to it. I think that's the strongest argument. Like, because we don't want to make it an official thing and we don't want to be like, yeah. Cause I was like thinking, I was like, Oh, I don't want to get to the point where I'm like texting you. Like, what are we going to talk about this week? Like what's on the agenda? Right. Like, 
you know? Yeah, yeah, it should just be a natural thing. And you're right. Like the very first podcast started because we were on the phone with, we're, we've always talked about this, but like the last one we recorded last week was like we were literally talking to each other and we're talking about how quarantine and all that. And we were just like, let, let's just do it. Let's do it right now. Let's just record it right now. And that's literally what we did. And it was pretty so, good. It was good. Yeah. Um, oh, I'll do it later. Yeah, it's funny. It's and I think why one of the reasons why we thought that it would be a good idea to to like do a podcast um, was because we end up on these having these conversations that are very topic driven, and and we both gain enlightenment every time we go down these like topics, aka rabbit holes in conversation. Right. You know, we both really gain something from each other, and you know, and we make each other laugh. And so yeah. on these like rambling phone calls about like dating or betterment and growth and branding as it turns out, or like comedy or what have you, um, family, we talk a lot about everything. And um, if, uh, if someone else can get something from it, cause we're making each other laugh and we're making, and we're making each other better people, then why not? Yeah, yeah sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, I do. I, I like the idea of talking a little bit about our friendship. Um, cause again, one of the main reasons we think it could be beneficial is cause we've been saying for a while now, how interesting it is and how valuable it is to have a, like a friend of the opposite sex who, um, a straight friend or, you know, a maybe mostly straight friend of the opposite sex. Um, <laughs> to to bounce ideas off when dating because you know men are from Mars women are from Venus that it's, it's so useful um so yeah. it's and it is interesting you and I um our long standing uh friendship like opposite sex friendship because we've like lived together and we've yep. like and you were married and we both and I was pretty much married and we have these like long this long term friendship that that has been so valuable but I think right. sometimes it has to be explained, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is. And I think it's not, it's funny because like this is really coming to the, like because we both found ourselves single at the, around the same time. So like at the same time, you had been single for a while. You had been dating and, and going and picking in. And I had been in a, I had, like you said, I was married. I was in a long-term relationship. And, so like ma mainly it was like when I became single, lo and behold, you were also single for a, a period of time as well. And that was where it like really became very obvious that like, oh, there's there's one very explicit that like valuable aspect of this relationship is that like you as a woman, as like you said, a straight woman, that like we're not we're, we've not we're not in a relationship. We've never been in a relationship. We're just very, very good friends. And you know me so well because we've had such like an intimate friendship over the years. Like you can tell me exactly what I need to hear. You're like my personal dating coach because I, you know exactly how I am. You know what kind of girls I'm interested in. You know what like kind of relationships I'm in. You've known all of my exes. You've known all of my, you know, all of my friends. You know everything about me and me too. Like I know all about your past relationships. I know about all your exes and everything. So like we can kind of give each other insight into how this works but so that's like very practical so we'll be like call talking to each other and be like oh you know look at this girl i'm I, I was messaging on hinge and you know you'll be like oh don't don't talk to her she sounds crazy or 
like, you know, or when I was doing my dating profiles, you were like helping me write them. But yeah. that's just like one very like explicit like uh, example of this. Like we've been doing this our whole lives. Um, like helping each other, coaching each other, like being like the person with insight for the other person. I remember in college, um, one time, like I was, I think I had just like broken up with a girl or something. I was just feeling really down. And I said something, I'm like, man, why, why can't I get a new girl to, to like me or something like that? And you said, just completely matter of factly, you said, Pat, everything you do is designed to drive women away. Okay, you mentioned that the other day, and I said, I don't remember saying that to you. And you were like, oh my God, that was like a pivotal moment in my life. So please yes. tell me about this. I've been dying to hear about this because I don't remember saying this. Well, I think because to you, I think literally it was literally, it was just an observation to you. It was literally just like you saying like, it's a nice day out. Like you were just saying, because at the time I was doing the, I was doing the craziest shit that I, that I thought was cool. Like, we both know there's there's things that I like that the rest of the world does not like that I think is cool. I was I was wearing like red pants and like weird clothes and like crazy sneakers and and stuff. And I was just like, uh, it was just like Whoa. I was not making myself very attractive. I was not presenting yeah, like I'm remembering this person that like I was not presenting my best aspects to the world. I was like presenting my most like outrageous and crazy and wacky aspects. And in that sense, it was like, well, yeah, like you're not gonna attract many women when you're when you're so like that. But to me, yeah, I don't know. It just like that really, it, it was just like the this honesty of it and the fact that it came from you because I, I guess at that point we had already kind of developed, I don't know, we've been friends for maybe like a year or so, or maybe like two, I think maybe two. Um, yeah. I had just, I, I already trusted you so much. Like you had already earned my trust. We, we'd already become like very close friends. Yeah. And for you to say that to me, it was just kind of like the hard truth that no one else had the balls to say. And I think you just said it because it was just like, it was just, an observation did it, you were making. Did it hurt your feelings? No, it didn't actually. And that's okay. And that's weird because at the time I'm a lot more confident and 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 sure of myself now, but like at the time I was not. And I could see why, you know, that that potentially could have been very hurtful to me. But I don't remember it being hurtful at all. I think that if anything, I was more like sad because I kind of I kind of saw what you were saying and agreed with it. And I was like, oh, but I wasn't, I wasn't upset with you in any way. Hey, I feel like I remember, I remember this sentiment. I don't remember saying it, but I remember thinking it. Right. And I think it was, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. that, it wasn't that like everything you did. It, it, I, mean, I think I did say it matter of fact, but also kind of cheeky in the way that like, of course not everything you did repelled women, but the way you, um, presented yourself like you were saying like you were like i'm gonna be this wacky guy and like right. it was all like all these it, not but it was like opposite women things like it was like i'm gonna be really into this thing that is so nuanced and kind of manly masculine right. that like that again not that you know that it's a, and i think at the time you were like 
you were like, and you were trying to date, you were, you were trying to like kind of play the field and you tended to like be interested in women who, who were more like run of the mill and you were so not run of the mill that I think mm. I remember thinking either you need to go for the less, like more nuanced women themselves that fit that niche that you're presenting or stop only presenting the niche. Yeah. I think that's what it was. And so it, I remember thinking that because you were like very, you were very like niche market guy. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a photo from that period of time. Remember there was one night when we were, we were all, you know, it was college. We all were like, we don't, you know, we don't, I don't know what the kids do nowadays. I think they all just sit on TikTok all day, but like we would, all, you know, every weekend, pretty much every night at some point was like, you literally, there was one apartment that everyone just kind of gravitated to and like everyone just started slowly showing up, you know, and for a while it was me and Colby's apartment. Yeah. Um, because we had that nice place with the big tall ceiling. And I remember one night yeah. like people started coming over and it just happened to be like, everyone was wearing a horizontal striped shirt. And we were like, Oh my god, this is so funny. Everyone, every guy here is wearing like a horizontal polo shirt or t-shirt or sweater. And we were just like, oh, oh my god, this is gonna be so funny. We're all gonna wear horizontal shirts tonight. And like everyone that had one was set. And then like I went into I remember I went into my closet, like someone was like, Oh, I don't have one. And I was like, wait, I'll get you one. And I went to my closet and I got one. And when you look at the photo, everyone looks totally normal. Everyone looks like a total normal snapshot of that day and age, which was basically like, you know, an American Eagle, like model, like, you know, very, very, very generic. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, what, that's what we looked like back then. Yeah. Um, except in the photo, I'm like, I stick out like a sore thumb because I had like red hair, long, I had a goatee for some reason. I must have had like, <laughs> at the time. Which is never a good look. And my horizontal striped shirt was like purple and black. And I was wearing like wristbands and shit. Like I just looked like a fucking like hot topic nightmare. And, like, <laughs> and, I'm, and I just like, I look back at that and now I'm like, yeah, of course, like no woman is going to be interested in me. I, I look like I'm trying so hard. But I think I was though. I think that was the thing. I think I was trying really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's so funny. Cause um, it's so funny that you bring up that story from back then. Cause it showcases actually how long we have been doing this for each other. And I didn't even think about that. I've only been thinking about, because you know, in my head you were married for you know so long that like, this is a new Ten thing, years. but no, you're right. Before you were married, we even had yeah. that kind of like, I, cause you drew a comic strip in college that was, very popular in the yeah. college newspaper and so much so like our relationship was that of like advice and growth and sharing was so much so that i was portrayed in the comic strip as the advice giving bartender yes yes oh my yes. god I'm i like totally i totally forgot that. i never thought about that i'm literally realizing things about our friendship that like i didn't no, I mean, I knew it, but I guess I, I, I would never have, like, thought about it. Yeah. yeah. And also, so after college, so we met each other, like, I think we met each other when we were on Daniel Street. So I think we, I think we knew each other for about three years in college, maybe four. Yeah. yeah three. 
Um, let's say three and a half. Let's split the difference. Um, so that that alone is like a significant time. But mm -hmm. after college, we were close and you moved in for a period. Like you were living outside of Chicago. I was living in Chicago and you were gonna, you were going through a transitional period and you're like, I'm gonna come to Chicago for a bit. And I yeah. specifically rented a one and a half bedroom apartment. Right. It's funny, I remember, I always remember they told me, they're like, oh, it's a one and a half bed. And I'm like, does that even exist? <laughs> like, yeah. how were they trying to pull on me? It was basically like a closet. Right. Um, because I was like, oh yeah, well, someday Jeannie's gonna come live with me and like, oh, so she can stay in this room. Yeah. Um, but I remember one of our ill-fated conversations when you were, you were single at that time too. And I was, I found myself single. And once again, we were like, we're both gonna be single. We're gonna both be living together. We're gonna like, you're gonna be dating that guy and I'm gonna be dating this girl. And we're gonna be like sharing like crazy stories and, yeah, like, we're gonna like, help each other out. Yeah, exactly. We, we were like, we were like, oh, this is great. We're gonna be like, you know, like a, a, a an opposite gen gender, like Joey and Chandler from Friends. And then yeah, yeah. Every, every time we say that, one of us ends up like getting into a relationship like immediately afterwards. Right. Yeah. Um. Because then I yeah. Well, that's kind of yeah, because I was, you're right, I was like, oh, I'm going to live in Chicago for a little bit. But then I was only there, I think, in that uh, that half bedroom, the closet that I lived in, in your apartment in Chicago, for like eight months. Because then I moved to Portland because I was in a relationship with, that was like my first serious relationship with Stanley. Yeah. 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 So funny. Yeah, so we've been doing this for a long fucking time. And then, so then we went through a period where we didn't live close to each other for a long time. Well, I mean, I guess that's kind of been always. Yeah. Um, so, so from the, that was like the last time that we were we were kind of like in the same place at yeah. the same time. And so since then, we've always just committed. Like you know, we've just had like a, a a very strong friendship, like over phone and conversations, and that's like why we have conversations like this. But like, I always just remember like all the most pivotal points in my life. You were the first person I called, Aww. and. I remember you calling me during the most pivotal points in your life. Like, I don't know if I was the first person you called, but I remember when you broke up with, I don't want to say names, but like the guy that you were seeing in Montana, which was like your way serious relationship. And I was driving home from work. I just bought a new car that had a Bluetooth speaker in it so I could take phone calls like while I was driving. And I remember I answered the phone and I was literally about to pull into my apartment garage. And you started telling me the story. And I went and parked next, like outside of my apartment, like on the street, because I didn't want to drop the call by going into the garage underground. And I think we sat there for like two hours. Like oh. I was like me in my car, like with the car running, like just talking to you because I didn't want to drop the call. So, Aww. yeah, I didn't know that because yeah, I was probably we, just like bawling and blabbering at you. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it was, yeah. it was a, it was a heavy moment, but yeah, yeah. So we've always, we've always been there for each other. We've always had these long conversations. We've always been helping each other out. We've always been giving each other 
advice. And then also like to take it to a lighter note, like you kind of touched on this last time, like we give each other advice on like fun stuff. Like I gave, I like wrote out a skincare routine for you. Like when, yeah. when we were driving, yeah. when I was coming, when I, when I stopped by on my way to, from Los Angeles to London, I like, I remember saying like, Oh, you got to do, cause that, that was like when I was super into skincare and I was like, or just getting into it. And I was like, I was like, here, I can help you. I can help you out. Yeah. So, so that's well, things like, like, it's so funny and things, I mean, everything we talk about everything from, from, you know, dating to life to just like, yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about self betterment, like way and, yeah. and like healing trauma and stuff like that. Um, which is funny. Cause we, I don't think we, we had the wherewithal to kind of have, have that like intentional conversation, uh, you know, in our twenties. Um, and now we're just more aware and, and intentionally have those conversations. But I think we kind of um, de facto did in college and in our 20s just by virtue of like talking about everything. You you end up automatically, even if you don't intentionally want to talk about growth, you end up growing through those kind of conversations and like like diving into like, what do you think and why do you think that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is this kind of ties up to like something else that I've been really interested in lately was. I just, I'm, I'm really, I don't know, for some reason in my life right now, I'm just really fascinated with like people and like learning about people. I mean, maybe it's cause I find myself single again and like I'm, I'm dating and I'm also like living in another country and experiencing things from like a different point of view. But like, I just, I'm really fascinated by this, like the fact that like everyone thinks that what they do is normal and what everyone else does is abnormal. And what I'm, I just love like talking to people and like, like kind of getting to know them and like asking them questions, like with the intention of finding out like what their normal is, because it's so different. And well, like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. But anyway, I'll just to put a button on that. I think that's like, that was college in uh in a nutshell. Like we went to a university in the states. Um, this is for people that don't know. Um, big, massive university, th uh, 30,000 students, huge, um, in the middle of a very rural area. So like, if you were not affiliated with you, it's not like a university in New York or university in like San Francisco. This was like literally a university in the middle of nowhere. And you dropped in all these kids from some of them from Chicago, some of them from Southern Illinois. And some of them from a handful of other places like yourself and Kurt and people that came from like, you know, you know, far away areas and also foreign exchange students as well. Um, and it was such a melting pot of different types of people. You could not not have that experience of meeting someone different and learning about them and learning about yourself through that. You know, like, that's so funny. I never thought about that. And like, why, how going to a big school that, that even though it's so big is isolated, like how, what a benefit that is to a young person in that way. Because I kind of thought about it, like, this is craziness. Like just put a bunch of kids in the cornfields and yeah. like, cause I'm thinking about like the extensive drinking and drugs and sex and all that. But right. no, like I know it's so funny. I never thought about that benefit because that's, that's obviously a benefit in, in, you know, a big school or a medium sized school in a big city. Um, because by virtue of being in a bigger city, you're going to be exposed. But, um, 
but I think that there are so many colleges that are so niche that that if a smaller college oftentimes is so niche that it's going to attract only a certain type of person. But this college right. was so right. big and and it's a good college. And so um, that, yes. that it, 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 it invited people, it attracted people from every single walk of life. And then you're on this island in the cornfields with people from every single walk of life and you're, you will interact with them. That's, I never thought about that experience, uh, that, that being a benefit of somewhere like the university of Illinois. Yeah. And just look at like, look at our friendship group. Like I, I, I've made the joke before, or like I've, maybe someone made it to me and I repeated it, but like, if you looked at my group of friends, particularly, it's like, you know, when you watch a movie like Cabin in the Woods or like, or like one of those like teen sex comedies and you're like, those type of people would never hang out. Like it's a group, it's always like a group of like four people. And there's like the nerd, the jock, the average guy that's like shy. And then like, you know, some weirdo or something like that. And you're like, those, usually people congregate with someone that's very similar to them. Like you wouldn't ever see in reality a group of people so diverse. But like, if you looked at my group of friends, it was so comical because we had such different types of people and personalities in that group. That's and true. We, and the re like, you know, we had like, we had me, I was like wacky, artistic, like punk rock, emo. Yeah. You were emo. With like, with Mark, who's like the straight up, like, from Southern Illinois, not a farmer per se, but like very much from like an agricultural area, very much like traditional background, um, like almost conservative. I don't want to say anything disparaging to like, you know, a guy who was a Muslim and to a guy that was like a heavy metal fan and like a guy that was a bodybuilder. Like it would literally look like a cartoon show, like we're so Which diverse. Which is why you drew the comic strip, in essence. Yeah, it was and very. To, to me, and I, I'm going to give you credit here. Like this is again um, a, a school of thirty thousand people, and I think it's like it was like what, like fifty thousand with the graduate school. We're just talking about the undergraduate. The school of yeah. like fifty thousand people, which and is there was also about a you know there was also a reasonable amount of local people as well. well that, that's irrelevant to what I'm saying though right now. So okay. this is a school of 50,000 people. Um, and, and so that's, you know, that's a decent sized town, you know? And, right. and so we had a newspaper that was widely circulated and lots of people read it. And it was, it was actually a reputable newspaper of sorts. And your comic strip was by far, I think one the most popular, if not one of the most popular, but I think the most popular, like people would cut it out and put it on their, on their refrigerator. Like oh they God, would. That made me so happy. Um, when I, when I found, I would go to someone's house or like, I'd go to like a, a, a store or something. I'd see my comic hanging up on the wall. I'd be like, ah, oh, yes, made me so happy. Right. And I think it's cause you, 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 so again, going back to that fascination of just like humans and the diversity of thought. And when you put those people together and you start, um, and they start learning from each other, not only the benefit that can come from it, but the humor that can come from it often. Yeah. You capitalize that on that at a young age, like at, in college, and it made for really good comic strip. And um, yeah, that's so funny that here we are literally now talking about that thing that drove you to do that comic strip on our podcast, right? It's just, yeah, 
the amazingness of like the human experience. And when you, when you start, like when people start, when you put those people together and they start opening up to learn from one another, from that perspective, but you're right. I think to that point that you started off with that when you first bring people together, they say, this is the way things are done. When in reality, what they mean is from my perspective of the world, this is the way I have done this thing. Right. And, 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 um, and that, that it's so funny that you have this renewed fascination with that. And I'm really excited to see what kind of shape that takes. Right. Yeah. It's gonna, it's so funny just not to go backwards, but like, I do think it's really funny this, to mention, like when people asked me, like when I describe my comic to people like that didn't know and they'd be like, Oh, what's it about? And I'd be like, it's really just me illustrating the stories that happened to me and my friends. Like that's really what it was. Like there was a loose narrative, there was characters, but like literally it was like, oh, this funny thing happened to Mark this weekend. I'm gonna put, the, uh, that's gonna be my comic for Monday. Oh, this funny thing happened to Jeannie this weekend. That's gonna be my comic for Tuesday. This funny thing happened to Dave this weekend. Oh, that's gonna be my comic for what? Like it was literally just me taking those stories. It was almost like, you know, it was like a, like a cheesy NPR series where I would just take what stories from what was going on in every corner of this university and like illustrate it and put it into kind of a, a crude narrative. But uh, yeah, and, uh, and I will say, um, this is called, it's, funnily enough, I never thought about this too. It was called The Way Life Should Be, um, <laughs> which is wow. such a good title when you think about that theme that we're, we're saying was there even then and that is still part of our lives now and your life now this underlying theme of like kind of the way life should be it's almost cheeky like saying that that's what everyone's saying this is the way life should be but right. that you're almost saying you're saying no the way life should be is this way where people are learning from each other and finding joy in these things oh my right? god this is crazy there's there were so many things right in front of our noses that we never really took for uh, we took for granted we never really thought too deep about it it's so it, weird it goes to show it goes to show kind of like i think i think we're a lot we were saying i think last week or something how um how we don't mind aging because we every time we get older we look back and we're like oh that was dumb like that the thing that we did yeah. when we were younger people in their 20s they're dumb people in their 30s for people in their 40s think are dumb right because yeah. hopefully you get better with age and you get smarter but i yeah. actually think this is proving to us that somewhere like our essential like subconscious being actually well we know our subconscious actually is there to just um keep us alive right but there's something yeah. in our internal knowingness that even in our dumb 20s was was like an essential driver for us even if we didn't recognize it at the time like now here we can look back as as a person who's a little bit smarter and can formulate these thoughts uh and articulate them a little better we can look back and say oh wow that's what we were doing but the fact that we were doing it showed that it was in there then too you know yeah, it's almost like um, I'm sorry. I've been watching like a lot of Westworld lately. I'm trying to get what you've already eaten. Stop! You're ruining the podcast. Get out of here. <laughs> um, I've been watching it. Like it's almost like it's funny to think like your core programming was there all along. Ooh. Like which? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you. So here we go again. 
I know you so intimately. Like I know so much about you. I and like I could describe like your core being. Like there's a lot of things that make you like there's like your you're like a layer of onions, right? Or like an onion. Yeah. Like there's your core middle part that's like mm -hmm. your really deep values. That's like, you know, the the part of you that like that loves other people and like the things that like you know that you want the things that like make you you and you're like a spiritual emotional level and then like mm -hmm. the outer or like you know genie likes the color blue i i don't even know if that's actually a color you like but like you know those like, you know me that <laughs> the you get the more like meaningful these things are and i think what's what we're kind of potentially saying is that like maybe that's always been there yeah and it just grows and evolves over time Right. So, so like, yeah, yeah. So that like that your um, fascination with um, the the melding of human experiences yeah. um, took its form as a comic strip in college. And then post-college, it took its form as stand-up comedy. And now yeah. it's taking its form is maybe this podcast and you're acting and maybe more comedy and writing and like all these. Acting for sure. Acting yeah. for sure, because basically what you're doing is you're observing other people and imitating their actions. At least that's yeah. what I, you know, that's like how I act is like, you know, it's like method acting. If I wanted right. to know how to portray a drug dealer, I spend time with the drug dealer. I get to know them. I get to observe how they act, how they think, how they Yeah, you want to embody their perspective in order to yeah. actually portray them. Yes. Yeah. And that's no different than what I was doing in the comic, because when I, when I wrote a comic about Kurt... I was writing in his quote unquote voice, like as right. him. I wasn't like, it's, you know, it was a very crude comic, but like w from my point of view, like my character, the character that was like supposed to be me spoke in a different tone of voice than the character that was supposed to be Mark, that was supposed to be Rat, that was supposed 100%. to be. 100%. Yeah. So interesting. So interesting. Cause so what I think is, what's funny about this to me is I tend to feel at least personally, that I am a very different person than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And I tend to feel like other people are too, because I look at people, you know, like, I don't want to give an example because no one listening to this besides you would even know what I'm talking about. But like, you know, you, you got this friend that was like, that's very different. Like you got the friend in college that like partied and was constantly drunk and never, it was like never making his to class on oh, time. Oh yeah, I can think of those people. I can think of those and people now, that, that now, now are, like, are great parents and have their stuff together. And like, you know, like exactly. you can never see that exactly. person now being that hot mess that they were back then. Exactly. And yeah. I, I guess I look at that, but I think maybe what I'm kind of thinking about now is like maybe that was the external layers, the onion, like the, the yeah. more superficial layers sure and the core. So. The core was there all along, but I guess what's what's interesting is I only know to use the to continue the onion analogy. Like I only know like your core person because we've been friends for so long and we've had such a deep friendship for these for all these years. Like yeah, I think it makes me kind of sad to think that like there's some people that I only got to know like the outside layers of. Oh, um, don't be sad about that. Like you, there's no way that you can have. Um, too many of these like real deep friendships because they take time and effort and energy and like 
and um and it, yeah and sometimes just like yeah i mean not not that like our friendship takes a lot of effort but it has boy taken... does it <laughs> what'd you say i said boy does it no i'm kidding it's <laughs> um, the most effortless thing yeah it is actually but no you, but you can't because it does like like even like think about now we're in a pandemic right think about the people that you are have in your head that you're like concerned about during a global mm -hmm. pandemic if you right. had if you had innumerable if you had literally hundreds of those people who you were intimately concerned about their day-to-day -day, you would malfunction you would right. like short circuit right now right. you can generally say i am concerned for the for the magnitude of people out there who are suffering but that right. that takes saying like just the the magnitude of people who are suffering takes the same energy as the one person who you actually need to call because you're concerned about their mental health or their their financial well-being or whatever right now right yeah yeah um, yeah so but if you had all of those people you cared about them equally that would just you couldn't do it yeah and that's kind of like the cliche thing is to say like you know i'd rather have 10 great strong friendships than like a hundred right. acquaintances, and that's—I think—that's—that's that's so oh. true. So I mean, true. that's the thing—you you don't have to have, and or you can have ten strong friends and a hundred acquaintances. Like that's—you yeah, that's probably true. do if you're a if you're an average socially average average social person. You know, right. you probably do have hundreds of acquaintances and just ten close friends. But yeah. um, um. Yeah, but it, it, there's no need to high, give them a hierarchy like that. These great friends are better because they all it's a part of it's building an ecosystem of your life. Right. Yeah. Like the the, the what what Malcolm Gladwell calls the loose ties are are in in bulk valuable. Right. And that's why they're loose, but in bulk. Yeah. As opposed yeah. to the, the, the deeper ties that that are valuable in their own right. But there's less of them yeah that's so yeah. interesting hmm. i think and like the cynical part of me i know I, i've gone through like because i you know I, I struggle with with things every once in a while and like i've gone through life and like i i've not been i've always kind of one of my problems i had is like i'm not really a terribly good friend which i know sounds ridiculous because we're having this conversation about how you and i are such good friends but like i'm i'm a very good friend of, to some people but like not to everyone um and that's something i struggle with and i i kind of struggle to have those loose ties so to speak or i have in the past and i've kind of like become a little bit more comfortable with it i don't know exactly why but like i don't know i guess i was like more i was definitely like more like focused on like keeping like a core you know like these two or three people i want to like you know maintain my friendship with them and i and i kind of disregarded everything else and now i'm kind of like it's kind of like well, i guess maybe it was like maybe it was maybe it was in a, in a sense like the type of thinking that i was just saying like you know i'd rather have 10 close friends than 100 loose ones and you said immediately you can have both maybe i didn't realize that before because um, i just look back on like my life and i think like i just never really cultivated those acquaintances i focused all my energy on like my core on like my very 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 good friends and I put all my energy into that. Uh, I, okay, so I think this might be an example of when we do this very human thing of trying to find something that we're doing wrong for some reason, like trying to 
we need to create a reason to be disappointed in ourselves. So you being disappointed in yourself for not giving attention to something that by its very nature does not, should not need that much attention is, wow. is interesting. If you look at it from that light, right? A loose tie or a casual acquaintance by its nature of not being something intimate or deep should not require you to give it that much attention. And the fact that you're upset with yourself for not doing that seems like something that you just kind of want to be upset with yourself about because we do that as humans. We're like, how can I yeah. make myself feel guilty because I should feel guilty about something and I haven't really explored that yet. So here's a reason to feel guilty and we grab onto those things. But think um, about that. Just take right. look at it from that perspective, right? Like you, you're, <laughs> I'm mad at myself for not giving enough attention to the things by their definition don't need attention or shouldn't need yeah. attention. <laughs> I should like, have I, I should stop beating myself up at night. I'm like, I, sit, I lie awake in bed at night and be like, Daryl, he was so cool. Why didn't I maintain a friendship with him? I lost touch with Daryl. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, Daryl, if he was never like a good friend, then you should be able to message him on Facebook or just like if you wanted to, but it doesn't sound like you really care. But if you think about him, you just send him a message on Facebook or you like something on Instagram because that yeah. is where he lives in your ecosystem and yeah. beat yourself up over not bringing that more energy or bring, now, there can be people that you can say, I wish I would have fostered a deeper relationship with that person. Right. Then you can talk that up to lesson learned next time that version of that person comes into your life, or you have an opportunity to reconnect with that person who you might've wished to foster a deeper relationship with. Now you can remember, Oh, that's the type of person I want to foster something deeper with. And you give that energy. But like to say, why don't I have a better acquaintance in so-and-so <laughs> is by its very nature contradictory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. How interesting. Another thing that was like right in front of our, our noses, but I didn't really think about. Yeah, right. you're absolutely right. And I, it's funny because like that's one of the, it's it's almost like, again, here you are again. This is This takes us back to the whole beginning of this conversation. You are helping me by pointing out something that I could not see. It was right. It was something I was doing, and I just could not see why I was doing it. I was literally trying to, because I do this all the time, and I've been working on this for like years and years and years, trying to get over guilt and insecurities and regret and stuff like that, right? And I've been working very hard for years and years and years and doing it. But like, it's easier when you can say, "Oh, I regret." this relationship or I regret this thing that I did in my career or I regret not moving to Hollywood when I was 18 and pursuing acting then. Like those are very obvious things. I would have never thought about the fact that I was beating myself up for not giving acquaintances or loose threads or like more energy than they did than they even warranted in the first place. Yeah. Do you see, yeah. now when you say it, do you see how, how like, oh, I don't need that energy suck anymore. I can just get rid of that. Yeah, exactly. But like, it, it, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for you telling me this, if it wasn't for you pointing it out, because another thing that like in my person, in my personality, like if like ignorance is total bliss, once you are aware of something, you must address it. So like, you know, I, the example I always tell people, I'm like, if I didn't know cigarettes caused cancer, I'd be totally fine smoking cigarettes but like the second i know that cigarettes cause cancer i no longer can let myself do that thing 
and it's you know it's not just things that are extreme like that it's like you know it's why like since i learned about how much plastic is in the ocean i cannot allow myself to not recycle plastic or right. you know yeah. since i found out like you know how bad like processed food is for my body i can't eat junk food like i just won't i just will not allow it but well you, well that's the thing you can and i think a lot of people Oh, go ahead. It took you pointing that out to me. So before yeah. it was something that was it was I was unco I was unconscious un un, un unconscious yeah. of yeah I was unconscious of, and now that you pointed out to me, now it's going to be very easy for me to let it go. N next time I see a picture, like next time someone pops up in Facebook or LinkedIn or something like that, like someone that I haven't talked to in a long ass time. And I have that familiar feeling of like, oh, I should have been, I should have treated them as more of a friend. I'll just be like, oh no, I'll remember what you said. And I'll be like, no, they were an acquaintance. I gave them all that they warranted and it was fine. And I'm moving on and I have no regret over this. Yeah. Yeah, save that energy for something like more, that's more valuable for you and the world, the greater, the greater good of the world, you know? Yeah, yeah 100%. Um, uh, that said, I, I do need to start wrapping this up because um, I need to go do things that are better, not better, this is good for me, but you know, other things for the greater good of the world. Okay, here's something to end on though, real quick. Okay. Going back to the beginning, you said that I was very like out there and I was dating very like basically boring girls. <laughs> I was like pursuing like basically like boring like mm. basic girls without naming sure. any names. Just give yeah. me a loose, loose description of who you're referring to. I just want I just think it'd be funny if you tell me who you thought was oh, like. No, so, no. So this was like this was um, when you were like because you liked you do. You've always had a certain type of girl that you typically like. But this was very much after I think a relationship where you're trying to let go of like someone that you'd liked for a long time. Um, and so then you were like, no, I'm going to date, I'm going to go, I'm going to date multiple women. And you were kind of like, you were on one in this way. And yeah. you, I had, I'm, I've been, I'm always been someone who has lots of loose tie, lots of acquaintances that I do give kind of energy to, because that gives me energy. I'm an extrovert. So by giving okay. my energy out to all of my, so I had lots of hot girlfriends and acquaintances. Yes, so you, you, so yeah. And yeah. So you like, you were like all the girls that I was friends with who were hot, regardless of like who they were. You were just like, what about her friend? What about, what about, what about that friend? What about her? What about her? Like you were, you were, um, you had very little, you were not very discerning in who you liked. So that means oh, it was God. just like all these girls, you were like, as long as she was good looking, you were like, yeah, let's, how about I go for her? And I was just, just like, that, I remember thinking like, you're going, you're either going after the wrong girl or you got to change things up. Like, because the, just the average hot girl at University of Illinois is not necessarily into hot topic guy. <laughs> yeah, for lack of a better term, because I was not yeah. a hot topic guy. I was like, guy, yeah, I know, I know. guy modeled himself on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They don't care. They're all, they're yeah. all, they don't care. That's interesting. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. I remember ask I got a great bit of advice one time for I was uh, I was going for my first job interview in college, like for a design company. Um and I asked my design teacher, I was like, what do I wear? 
like to the interview because like i'm a designer i should be like cool like i don't want to walk in there like just looking boring or something and he's like well you get more jobs if you dress more conservatively but you'll get the better job that's right for you if you dress like more who you are and i was like oh yeah like you know to take it to extreme like if i walked in wearing a leather jacket like nine out of ten design agencies would be like oh i don't know about that guy but like there might be one agency that like does like punk rock you know band right. that's like this guy's perfect yeah so it's exactly. kind of the same thing with girls it's like if i you know mr red hair with the goatee and the flat brim multicolored baseball hat and the written the girl jeans and the sneakers with checkerboards on them like walks up like hey <laughs> nine out of ten girls are gonna be like what the fuck What's wrong with you? But like that one chick that's into that will be like super into it. But that's that's your wife then, if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I see. Yeah, I see the analogy. That's perfect analogy. Potentially. Yeah. All right. So um, we end on that. Um. Yeah, I'd like to maybe circle. I, I really liked this um call. It's funny because um I said you know oh let's just talk about our friendship and. Because, you know, we wanted to say, like, this is how we started this podcast. We just wanted to, we were two friends who saw such value in, in conversations with each other that we thought maybe other people will find value or humor. And I really, I really, this was such a good example of that, actually. Even, like, the little rabbit hole we went down, I liked it. Yeah, me too. I learned Aww. something. I learned something yeah. about myself, and I learned something about you, and I learned something yeah. about us. Um. Like something about all of us. Kumbaya. <laughs> Kumbaya indeed. All right. Well, um, uh, I love you. I love you too. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. I'll Bye, this recording. Bye. Bye.